Welcome to the Big Joy Ministries podcast. For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org, where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more, just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries. Why People Don't Live the Life They Want and How They Can, Part 2. Recently, during the last two weeks, it came to my attention that there was a part of my life that was not working out the way I wanted it to work out, even though it was working out before, because I know how to work it out, right? And I'd be willing to bet that many of you paying attention to this message right now will be able to relate to this message today. And I want to first start off by saying there are some things that I know that I don't need to keep going back to first grade, second grade, third grade anymore because I've already been through first grade, second grade, and third grade, and so have many of you. And I don't need to keep going back to that level of learning something if I have learned it. For example, I do not need to know how to tie my shoes, put on my shoes and tie my shoes and wear my shoes and walk in my shoes and take off my shoes. And I'm guessing that all of you don't need to go to that workshop either or go to that seminar either, right? About how to put on your shoes. Now, here's how we put on, you know, I could probably, I ought to try that sometime and make a spoof out of that because a lot of people keep going around and around and around the same mountain of learning something when they're not really learning it at all because they keep repeating the same self-sabotaging patterns, right? And it's easy for us to think in terms of what we've learned and that uh, involves the some part of the physical world. It's pretty obvious when someone has learned how to tie their shoes, put on their shoes, and walk in their shoes because you can see them doing it. We, we see the physical thing and we all agree on the jargon and the labels we use to call a shoe a shoe. And these are shoelaces. The shoelaces are not the shoe. The shoe is not the shoelaces, right? So we have organized labels, words, jargon for what we perceive. We agree on, okay, this is what we're perceiving. This is what we're going to label that perception. This is how we're going to talk about the perception. And this is how you behave those those things you put on shoes that's a behavior that's a taking action right so this is all what i'm saying right now this is context for what i'm going to get into because this is a really long but good sermon that is so important um and i'm going to jump into it right now but i want you to remember as you listen to this as you pay attention to this and you're going to get some uh ahas they're just going to occur to you you're going to get some insights you're going to say yes that's me yes that's this person i know yes that is the person i'm in relationship with and you might even say another form of that which is you know what that doesn't apply to me because i do know how to put on my shoes i i i've already been in first grade i know two plus two is four i don't need to keep hearing the same lesson that apparently some other people in my life Maybe they were in first grade physically, but not mentally, so they missed the lesson that two plus two is four. So that's a metaphor for the message today. So here we go. This part of my life that just recently was not working out was because I wasn't listening to God and I was trying to do my will and not God's when 
it comes to the thing I'm going to talk about in this session. Now, how many of you can relate to just that right there? How many times do you, you get so excited <laughs> about something or someone and it's like you, you lapse into temporary insanity, right? <laughs> oh no, I'm going to do this, God. I know you're telling me, you know, you can still have that, but you need to go about it this way. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to do this my way. And it didn't work out. Okay. It didn't work out. It caught up with me. It's a happy ending. It's a good ending. It's a, this is all good. What I'm going to be talking about, not just in my situation, but the message of today. But how many of you can relate to that? That you've tried to do something your way and it just didn't work out because your small, little, marble-sized, ping-pong-sized plan wasn't as big or as good or as loving as God's large plan, like God, this, the size of the sun's size of God's plan compared to your little teeny speck of dust plan for your life, right? So I want you to remember that as we go through this message today. So luckily, I saw the light on this problem that I've been having, and I found a solution that I think will work because I've used it before. I remembered it and was like, oh, I almost forgot. God works. And sometimes my best thinking got me to situations that aren't working out. And the same is true for you. Your best thinking got you to here. The good news is, is there's better thinking <laughs> that will get you farther. So that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. Now, I found a solution that will work out because God has a hand in it. God has a hand in my life and in your life. And anything God has a solution for is guaranteed to work out for our highest good, right? And if you don't believe that, then you've got more problems than I or anyone else can probably help you with. An ultimate reason to listen to what God has to say, including the message I'm going to talk about today. Because God is love. God is truth. This is part two of why people don't live the life they want and how they can. And this session is going to focus on a part of life that every single living human being has in common. Every single human being needs the thing that I'm, I'm talking about in this session. And everyone needs it no matter how much money you have or don't have no matter what level of education you have, no matter where you were born, no matter what nationality or sexuality you are, no matter what your religious, political, or philosophical beliefs are. So when I tell you that everyone needs what I'm talking about in this session, I am absolutely not exaggerating that. Because the thing I'm talking about that everyone needs, that always directly and absolutely affects every area of your life, is... Sleep. Hmm? Didn't see that coming, did you? So many people are not living the life they want to be living for many reasons. And one of those reasons that I'm going to talk about in this session is the importance of sleep and how, if you don't get enough good sleep, you cannot live the life you want. You cannot experience the fruits of the Spirit uh, as well as when you do get enough sleep. And you cannot take care of your body temple where the kingdom of heaven is, by the way, according to the Bible, like it says in Luke 17, 21, neither shall they say, lo here, lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Now, before I continue, I want you to think about that and pray on that for a moment. It does not say that the kingdom of heaven is within a book like the Bible. It does not say the kingdom of heaven is within some building like a church. 
It does not say that this particular political party has a monopoly on the kingdom of heaven, but that political party has nothing to do with it. It doesn't say that. It does not say that the kingdom of heaven is at that restaurant, that gym and fitness center, that grocery store, in that brand of car, in that brand of clothing, in that perfume or cologne, in that university, but not this university, in that red state, but not this red state, or this blue state, and so on. All of that is nonsense. Nonsense. Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of heaven is within you. <laughs> Now, some of you might be wondering, what on earth, David, does this have to do with sleep and getting enough good sleep? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. The kingdom of heaven is not anywhere. Your, the kingdom of heaven within you is not anywhere outside of you. No matter what that is, who that is, or where that is. The kingdom of heaven that it was within you is not the same as the kingdom of heaven within someone else. The only thing in common is that it's the kingdom of heaven, okay? But you can't experience the king of, kingdom of heaven within you by trying to get the kingdom of heaven within someone else, you know, taken away from them so you can take it from them and have it for yourself. That's an outside-in mentality, and that's what a lot of Christians do. It's what a lot of people do. They, it's the, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when I have the right career, the right money, the right car, the right relationship, the right, this outside in. No, no, no. The kingdom of heaven is within you first and foremost. You've got to remember that here. Okay. This is like spiritual math where we're going to add to this foundation and not just build a solid foundation. We're going to build a solid foundation on which you can build a house that works for you rather than against you, okay? So the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's inside of you. You access the kingdom with your body. Your body is a vehicle, so to speak, for you to access the kingdom of heaven. And the best way for you to access the kingdom of heaven is to keep your body temple in the best state of health and wellness possible. I'm going to repeat this because millions and probably billions of people all over the planet do not take care of their body temple as well as they could. And I've been guilty of that in my life, too. <laughs> and I'm working right now with God on turning this around. And today it has turned around. If I don't get enough good sleep, and if I do that long enough, which is a bad habit, I will die. <laughs> and so will you. If you don't get enough good sleep, you'll die. You might be thinking, David, this is pretty obvious. I know it's obvious, but we're going to get into how we confuse that and mess it up and do anything other than have and enjoy the kingdom of heaven within, because now we're going to get into it. So stay with me. You're going to need this or someone else that you know and love is going to need this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and as always, you know, if you don't need this, then just know I'm preaching to myself, okay? Because I'm talking about my personal experience on this issue. So... If I don't get enough good sleep and I do that long enough, I'll die. And then I'm no good to anybody because I wouldn't be here. And if you don't get enough good sleep, you'll die. And then you won't be able to go to church angry, but put on your church face and at least fool people into thinking that you're okay. Are you getting the point? Without sleep, nothing else matters. Period. It, and it sounds almost ridiculous that we should even have to bring up this topic of sleep and how important it is to living the life you really want. But it's true that people in general do not take care of themselves as well as they can and as well as they should because we're human. We're imperfect. 
We make mistakes. Just because we make mistakes sometimes doesn't mean we're mistaken. How many of you have ever taken a math test when you know 2 plus 2 is 4? But if you're doing a calculus problem and you get lost into it, let's, I've taken calculus. I've taken advanced math. And these problems can take several pages to show your work on. Sometimes it's the smallest little thing. Like the reason your answer at the end is wrong is because somewhere way in the beginning, you made a mistake and said 2 plus 2 is 5. And you, let's say you got all the other steps right, but that one thing throws off the whole thing. That's like sleep. You don't get enough good sleep. It throws off everything in your life. And you do that long enough, you won't be able to access the kingdom of heaven. But you'll definitely be accessing the kingdom of hell. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be going over some of the bad habits that I know about from personal experience and that other people um, can relate to. Um, these bad habits that did not help me one bit when it comes to getting enough good sleep. And then I'm going to share with you some of the good habits that I know about from personal experience that I seem to temporarily forget for two weeks <laughs> that absolutely gets rid of the problems of not getting enough good sleep. Okay, so I want you to listen. Does this sound good? All right. So, I mean, it has to sound good because sooner or later you're going to have this issue of not getting enough sleep. So maybe you don't have that issue right now, but two or three months from now, you're going to need this message. Just let, That's how it works. That's how it works. So I hope this does sound good to you because without good health and wellness in your body temple, you're just sitting duck for the devil to swoop in and take control over every area of your life. And that's this is not about preaching fear either. This is about telling the truth because the truth will set you free. Like it says in John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the first truth is that you need to sleep and that you need to get good sleep, right? That's the God's truth. So what are some of the ways we sabotage getting enough good sleep? I'm going to tell you right now, so pay attention. And while I'm going through these, I want you to ask yourself if you do any of these and how many of these bad habits you do in your own life or maybe someone you know. Okay, so here we go. Number one, we go to bed at the wrong time. You, you go to bed when your mind wants you to go to bed rather than when your body needs to go to bed. And I don't mean just go to bed and then you lie there doing a bunch of things that keep you awake. I mean, going to bed in this context means going to sleep. So we go to bed at the wrong time, which means we don't get to sleep at the right time. We don't go to bed when our body wants and needs sleep. Now, why do we do that? Several reasons. Here they are. See if you can relate. Our mind convinces us that we need to watch that TV show. Because, I mean, who would you be if you don't watch that TV show? I mean, how, you know much love will God give you if you don't watch that TV show. Now, we all like to watch TV every once in a while, some of us more than others. Some of us don't like to watch a lot of TV. I'm one of those people because I do it. So <laughs> it's like Oprah says, I do TV. I don't watch TV. The last thing I want to do when I get home from work is watch TV. I feel the same way. And every once in a while, I like to watch TV. You know, the, just bringing this up alone. Americans get so, oh my goodness, you've made an idol out of the TV and watching TV. Our mind convinces us that we need to watch that TV show. Otherwise, you know, God's not going to love us enough, right? Isn't that the core belief? 
Our mind convinces us that we need to watch that TV show, that movie, listen to that music, read that newspaper, magazine, or book, or that we need to be on the phone, or that we need to text someone or surf the internet, or work late, or go to the gym late. Now that one is really ridiculous because you don't build muscle in the gym. You build muscle when you're recovering from going to the gym, and most of your recovery happens during sleep. Maybe you spend your time in a job that doesn't care if you get any sleep, (laughs) much less good sleep. How many of you are in that situation? Are you in charge of your sleep schedule or something outside of you or someone outside of you? That's not where the kingdom of heaven within you is. Hmm? That your job is all about what, what works best for the company right? That you work for, that the shareholders benefit from, even though they're not working the way you are. And that's a whole other teaching session I'll, I'll get to sometime. But working too hard for too long, is that what's best for your body temple? Don't make work and the job and the career into an idol, okay? So while there are infinite numbers of reasons why we put off going to bed when our body is tired, This first general point can be summed up by saying that you don't go to sleep when your body wants to go to sleep because your mind or your emotions are telling you when it's okay for you to sleep and you're not paying attention to when God tells you to go to sleep, right? Your mind says, I got to do this. When God, I mean, if you're listening to your mind and your emotions more than you're listening to God, it's not just your sleep that's going to be thrown off. Got it? So here's here's number two. Another reason why we don't get enough good sleep, we don't eat right. You eat all the wrong foods at all the wrong times. You eat too late. You know, you eat right before bed or you eat in bed. Hello? You drink alcohol or caffeine, which both mess up your ability to sleep at all. You eat too much of the wrong things. You throw your body out of balance. Too much sugar, too much gluten, too much caffeine, alcohol, fatty foods, processed foods with additives and preservatives. Foods that are too rich and heavy for you to be able to digest and get any of the nutrients you need. You know, I'm just going to stop right here because God has put in my heart to say, some of you live to eat rather than eating to live. That's not how you take care of your body temple. Okay? Can you be in charge and not the cravings of the tongue to eat what it wants to eat and to say what it wants to say, to not say what it wants to say, what it should be saying, right? So some of you don't drink enough water, so you're dehydrated when you go to sleep, and then you can't sleep well, if at all. Or you drink too much water, so you get up during the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And why are you drinking too much water? Because you drank things that dehydrated you during the day, like caffeine. You know, one cup of coffee is going to yield two cups of urine. And just because alcohol might look like water doesn't mean that it is, okay? Some other ways that... uh, We're not able to get enough sleep is because you smoke or you take drugs, you take sleeping pills, all of which are signs that if you have to beat your body into submission to sleep, because some people say, oh, I smoke to relax. They fall asleep while they're smoking and then their whole house goes up in fire. (laughs) Well, I take drugs. I take sleeping pills to sleep. Listen, 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 listen. If you have to beat your body with pills into submission to sleep, if you have to force your body to sleep, you are doing something or many things, wrong. And it's not going to work out in the long run. Okay, a third set of things we do that are not good, that are bad habits, 
that are self-sabotaging, that are ungodly, <laughs> that are part of the myths, right? This is a big one. Take a breath. You think that it's unloving, ungodly, wrong, or embarrassing for you and the person you're in a relationship with to sleep in separate beds. Now, let's get into this. Sleep is incredibly selfish, or haven't you figured that out yet? <laughs> no one other than you can get sleep for you. No one other than you can do your sleeping for you. So if you don't get enough sleep, someone else can't do it for you. If you don't sleep, someone else's sleeping isn't the same as you getting sleep. Now, this might sound like ridiculously level, uh, first grade level of common sense, right? That's just like, this is, who, who doesn't understand this? A lot of people don't, okay? You have to get sleep for your body. No one else can give you sleep. Got it? This is important for you to understand the reality of who is sleeping and who is responsible for sleeping because if you're going to continue to live under the lies and the fear and the guilt and the condemnation or the codependency of the bad habit of not getting enough good sleep, you're living under the influence of the devil, the liar, the deceiver, right? Your own ego, your will and not God's and you are not going to live a godly life and you will not be able to have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So listen up, your body needs to sleep and if you can't lie there in bed, you can't lie there in bed reading a book about sleep or text about sleep or watch people on TV sleeping and expect that to be the same thing as you getting enough good sleep. Talking about sleep is not the same as sleeping. <laughs> Some of you are so dumb when it comes to this particular bad habit. I'm surprised you're alive at all. And I could say that about myself during the last two weeks. I'm surprised that... <laughs> I'm still here because I tried to put it off. I tried to do, you know, just finally like, what am I doing? I need to get enough good sleep, right? I have to care about and love myself enough to get enough good sleep. And if it hurts someone's feelings or doesn't hurt someone's feelings, someone else's feelings have nothing to do with you literally sleeping. We're going to get to that in just a minute. So if you don't need to hear about this particular bad habit, then maybe someone you know and love needs to hear it. So don't be offended by it. Just know that I'm preaching to myself because for the last week or two, <laughs> I went through things <laughs> that has resulted in this lesson, this message right now. So yes, I was behaving the bad habits and I finally got it last night. And that led to me changing it to what I know works because I've, I did it before. I was able to sleep just fine. Yeah. And then I decided to take a detour but that's okay, because now it's fixed, and everything's fine. So, God has a plan, right? So, let's go into this deeper, right? More deeply. In society, it's a myth that if you and the person you're in a relationship with actually sleep in separate beds, or even in separate bedrooms, then somehow, as the myth goes, you're not really in relationship with them. Or the relationship has problems. Okay, the only problem going on is this belief, and it's a ridiculous myth, and I'm going to tell you why right now. No one else but you can get the sleep your body temple needs, and no one else but you is going to live with the consequences of not getting enough sleep or getting enough good sleep. You are literally the only one who is 100% responsible for getting enough good sleep, period. That's the truth that I hope can set a bunch of you free from living under a lie that if you're not sleeping in the same bed as the person you're in a relationship with, then something is wrong with the relationship. Okay, moving on with this myth, because it 
comes about in different ways, but different words, different beliefs. People have needs when it comes to the environment that is right for them to be able to sleep in. And that includes things like how soft or firm the, the mattresses and pillows are, what kind of sheets and blankets to use and how many, how much light is in the room, how, you know, I can't sleep if there's light in the room. That's, you know, and I also have Asperger's syndrome. So it's like, I'm so aware of all these things I'm talking about right now, how much light is in the room, the temperature and the humidity of the room. Is the room smoke free? Is it free of cooking odors or other odors that I don't want to smell? Is the room quiet or is it full of some kind of noise at, at any level? You know, is the room cluttered or does it have order? Is the room cramped and difficult to move through in the middle of the night? In other words, do you have a clear, unobstructed path to the bathroom such that if you do wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, <laughs> can you make it to the bathroom without tripping over stuff on the floor or stubbing your toe or, or something else that's going to wake you up, make you lose your temper, start throwing a fit, and then you really won't be able to sleep, right? Is the person you're in a relationship with a quiet sleeper? Do they make any any noise at all. Now, we all make noise when we sleep. And you knew that before you heard this. So, and you know the kind of noises I'm talking about. Snoring is one of the biggest ones. Then coughing, passing gas, right? Uh, moving the sheets and pillows around, bumping the headboard, bumping things, body parts moving around, etc. If you can't sleep in an environment that is the right environment for you to sleep in, then you need to change it. If you need to change the environment you sleep in, that does not mean you are condemned. God is not condemning you because you can't sleep in an environment that won't allow you to sleep. <laughs> this is not rocket science, but think about it. This is a big myth that we live under, some of us, that, oh, if I'm not sleeping in the same bed or the same room, or if I'm not even sleeping in the same bed and holding on to someone each other as if you're joined, right, like Siamese twins, then there's something wrong with your relationship. That is so bogus. And it does not mean you love someone less if you're not in the same bed, in the same room, right? Think about it. This is big. This is huge. People break up or think they are breaking up if you don't sleep in the same bed. Some people get divorced over it and they have. This is ridiculous. We need to end this myth because it's causing a lot of ungodliness. <laughs> I'm going to get to that and how this affects the whole world in just a minute. So... If you can't sleep in an environment that is the right environment for you to sleep in, you need to change it. This is not, don't lie there for five more minutes. Oh, I'll try, I'll, I'll try this for five more minutes. Listen, if you're like me, you'll be lying there not just for five more minutes, but uh, 16 years plus five more minutes because I learned this lesson, okay? I've learned this lesson. I know what I need in order to sleep. And you know what you need in order to sleep. And if they're different, stop trying to force them together. That's not godly. That's not love. And it's not sleep. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about sleep. If the person you're in a relationship with can sleep in the environment that works for them, doesn't it make sense, and yes, it does make sense, that you should be able to sleep in an environment that allows you to get enough good sleep? Yes. Okay, moving on. Number four, let's talk about snoring and sleep apnea. <laughs> We're talking about the body temple now. These two have been shown to not only disrupt sleep for others, but for the person who does snore and has, and possibly has sleep apnea. 
And because they're indicators that your life is not being lived as well as it could, because snoring and sleep apnea may be symptoms, may be symptoms. I'm not diagnosing you. I'm saying they may be symptoms of much more serious health issues. Okay, so you're going to have to go to your doctor about it and not just for a pill. Oh, my goodness. Every time Americans have a problem, they think a pill is going to solve. You cannot. My friend, Dr. Christiane Northrup said you cannot find health in a pill. Not ever. At best, it's a catalyst. Okay. So find out why you're not sleeping well. Go to a sleep clinic. Okay. Look at it. Don't ignore it. Find out why you're not sleeping well because snoring and sleep apnea both mean that you're not getting enough good airflow. <laughs> Hello? And if you're not getting enough good airflow when you're trying to breathe... That is something that is pretty serious and important to know. And, you know, not breathing well can result in getting heart disease. This is a medical fact. Snoring has been linked to heart disease and a whole bunch of other health problems. And think about it, people. If you don't snore, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not suffering. <laughs> because if you're not able to sleep well or get any sleep because the other person next to you in bed does snore, then you're going to end up with health problems, too. So the person snoring is asleep, but you're wide awake, ready to kill them. If <laughs> they roar out one big snore one more time, <laughs> just, as about, just as you were about to fall asleep, right? It's always like this. <laughs> I think you ought to record it and play it to them, right? Right? <laughs> I know all about trying to sleep while someone's trying to snore and not being able to sleep because someone is snoring. Because snoring is not something that is conducive to me getting enough sleep, okay? And the person who snores never thinks it's them, by the way. Have you noticed? Oh, no, I don't snore. I don't snore. <laughs> yeah, you do, honey. I, I took an audio and a video of it last night, and here you go. Okay, there you are. Snoring. Isn't that just... And it's always... Okay, anyway. So... Get something that records the sound of them snoring, like an audio or video recorder, if they don't believe it. And then show it to them. Prove it to them. Truth will set you free, right? And the point is that if you can't sleep, you're not treating your body temple with godly love. Does, your person, does the person you're in a relationship with want you to treat your body temple with godly love? Are they treating their body temple with godly love? These are big questions. It is ungodly to not sleep. It is ungodly to not get enough good sleep. It is ungodly to not take care of your body temple. So what are some other reasons why people aren't getting enough good sleep or any sleep? They live under fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, anger, bitterness, resentment, depression, loneliness, sadness, apathy, complaining, negativity, codependency, and on and on and on. So their emotions keep them away from getting enough good sleep or moving against getting enough good sleep or their emotions wake them up, which is still a form of moving away from or moving against getting good sleep, right? They're afraid of how they're going to pay the bills. That was me in my 20s and sometimes in my 30s. I go to bed with every intention of going to bed at the right time and the right environment for me to be able to get enough good sleep, which was between 9 and 10 p.m. And it's still the same now. And in fact... Back then, there were some really difficult and challenging times 
um, with not making enough money sometimes, and it would ruin my sleep. Now, I know none of you can relate to this at all uh, about waking up in the middle of the night wondering how you're going to pay the bills <laughs> or pay uh, what it's going to take for you just to get through the next day. None of you can relate to that, right? So if I did eventually fall asleep back then, it was out of exhaustion. I'd wake up in a panic between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., though. Now, how many of you can relate to that? Have any of you ever, ever woken up in the middle of the night worried or afraid or nervous or terrified or depressed or angry? Can any of you relate to this? And when that happened, I was no good to anybody the next day when I needed to be awake and alert and be able to get my work done so I could figure out how to make more money and pay the bills and so on and then be able to get to sleep that night so I could, you know, get up the next day and do it again. Not being awake is one way we sabotage ourselves in every area of our life and it almost becomes a vicious circle or a vicious cycle, not getting enough sleep and how it affects every area of your life. You have to be asleep so you can be awake during the day and you got to be awake during the day so you can get to sleep. Okay, here's the sixth, number six set of reasons. In addition to our emotions waking us up as if that's not bad enough, sometimes our thoughts keep us awake or wake us up. Now, how many of you have ever been asleep and then from out of nowhere, your brain turns on and starts thinking of all kinds of thoughts. And it's like you can't control it, right? It's kind of, it gets out of control. You start analyzing and thinking, 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 thinking. It just keeps going on and on and on. Yeah, that was me for the first half of my life. For 43 years, with a few years in there that I actually did get some sleep, but most of the time I had absolutely no control over my mind and my thoughts and my feelings, my emotions, and it was killing, stealing, and destroying my peace of mind, my health and wellness, my finances were up and down, and nothing was consistent and steady and reliable. And every area of my life was affected by that lack of getting enough good sleep. Because I had some bad habits. Because I wasn't listening to God is the bottom line. Now, not all the years of the first half of my life were like that. I had some really good patches <laughs> where it was great, right? You'd think I was an enlightened master if you saw me in those times. And then somewhere I forgot, right? Right. So doesn't that happen? So number seven, the seventh big myth that so many people are living under and are a slave to and are thus having their own life destroyed bit by bit, is the myth that just because we have a particular belief about how we should go about going to bed and getting sleep, that doesn't mean our beliefs have any relevance to them at all, or are congruent, or are in alignment with reality. And just because you believe something, that doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean it's the truth. And it doesn't mean it has anything to do with reality, because it's all in your mind. Right? Right. And so many people believe they're supposed to sleep with another person if you're married to that person or in some form of relationship with that person you really like or love. And right now, I'm not talking about having sex with them. I'm talking literally about sleep, being asleep, okay? This is perhaps one of the biggest myths of all time regarding relationships and marriage and love is that you're supposed to sleep in the same bed with someone, right? And... Because it's one of the biggest myths of all times, that's why I mentioned it earlier uh, in a different way, but this time the same behavior of sleeping with someone else is also under the myth that it has to do 
um, with our beliefs. That's why it's important. It's a myth. It's a belief. It's not truth. So many people are living miserable lives because they're holding on to their beliefs that when they act upon those beliefs um, and they behave them, they actually guarantee that their life is going to be a living hell or a total mess or something not good. Your beliefs are usually nothing more than lies from the devil anyway, right? Your beliefs are not the same thing as reality, the reality in the world in front of your eyes, the reality that all of us live with, that because we share it, we connect together through that. We have to have a shared understanding and a shared set of values, a shared set of behaviors, and even a shared language. Because when we don't have that overlap, that's war, that's conflict, that's destruction, that's not the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? Love one another means you got to have some overlap with someone else regarding how you perceive the world, how you make meaning and project that meaning onto the world and then behave accordingly. That's the goal of relationships is how much overlap can you have with another person on just that issue, what you perceive, the meaning you give your perceptions, and then project onto the world and then behave according to what you perceive and the meaning that you give your perceptions. The more overlap you have with someone, the more in love you feel with them is how it works. But love is not just a feeling. It's a way of being and doing in the world, right? And I'm not saying anything you don't already know. We all know this, right? It's easier said than done many times, okay? But that's why I say it, because if you're not doing it, but I'm awake enough because I finally got enough sleep. I'm able to say it. That's why I say it. Okay, so this is not about condemnation. This is not about guilt or blame. None of that. Mm -mm. You know, you might need some more sleep if that's how you're approaching listening to what I'm saying. Okay, so I'm just saying, yes, you might need some more sleep. Don't live a miserable life just because you're holding on to your beliefs because it's going to be a total mess. Do you want to live in hell? Do you want the person you want to sleep with to live in hell? Or do you want them to get enough sleep? Right? No, what, no matter what you believe about gravity, it's there for all of us. Gravity doesn't work more for the rich than it does for the poor. And people who get enough sleep aren't ignoring the person they love just because when they're sleeping, it looks as if they're ignoring the person they love. Well, you know what? When you're asleep, you are unconscious. You are not able to actively engage with someone when you're unconscious, when you're asleep. Uh-oh. Aha. So what am I saying? And what does that mean? It means that when we're asleep, we are unconscious, right? You knew that. And when we are unconscious, we are not literally in relationship with anyone or anything other than sleep itself. Now think about that because some of you are going to get an aha from this. I just know it. God wants you to get a revelation on this so you can be freed and liberated from all your troubles concerning getting enough sleep or that person you love getting enough sleep. If you can't sleep, but your partner can, you're going to have troubles in that relationship when you're both awake. <laughs> I guarantee it. You're in relationship when you're awake and conscious. You are not in a relationship with anyone or anything other than sleep when you are asleep. Period. Done. Simple. Right, but these myths that we live in, these beliefs. So every time you wake up from getting enough good sleep, you're able to be in relationship. When you don't get enough sleep or enough good sleep, or if you don't get any sleep, you're not even in a good relationship with yourself. And we all know by now that if you're not in a good, loving, healthy, godly relationship with yourself and with your own body temple, uh, then hello, 
you're living the devil's life. Like it says in the first part of John 10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal and to steal and to kill and destroy. Right. And the last half of that is I came that they may have and enjoy their life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Pow! That nails it. I mean, it hits the bullseye. Don't let the beliefs you're living under, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, these little lies convince you that you don't love someone just because you're not sleeping in the same bed to them while they snore, while they move around, while they're passing gas, while they're burping and belching. And <laughs> and if you're doing all those things, don't expect the other person to enjoy a good night's sleep either. You got Every time we hear guidance, we first have to apply it to ourselves. Are you being loving to yourself as much as you can? And then are you allowing other people to love themselves as much as they can? Those are the first two things. Love yourself so that you can love others. You get enough sleep so that you can be awake with others. When you're riding on the airline, the captain says, you put on your oxygen mask first before you put on the oxygen mask of your child. Because what if something happens on the airline where the first step of survival is putting on your oxygen mask? But there are several more steps after that. So if you're a parent and you put on your child's oxygen mask before you put on your own and that child is three years old, or something where they need you as an adult to guide them out of the plane, down the emergency slide, and into safety, but you're dead because you didn't put on your oxygen mask, well, then you're no good to them. See how that works? And sleep is the same way. Now, let's talk about the good things that happen when you get enough sleep, all right? First of all, you'll feel great. <laughs> you'll be full of energy and vitality and happiness. And when you're well-rested, you have the power to live with the fruits of the Spirit and then be able to share them with others like we are commanded to do by Jesus when he says, I give you a new commandment that you should love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you too should love one another. Now, how are you going to be able to love one another if you're exhausted and tired and worn out and crabby and bitchy and all that? How are you going to help your child off the plane if you didn't put on your oxygen mask and now you're dead? <laughs> Hello? So when we love one another, we are able to have and enjoy sharing the fruits of the Spirit. You're not loving yourself if you are allowing yourself to not get enough good sleep or if you are putting a guilt trip on someone else for not being able to sleep in the environment that you can sleep in but they can't. That's not loving. <clears throat> so, okay, so now get this. Do you care about the person you want to sleep with? Do you care about them? I didn't ask you, do you want to sleep with them? I asked you, or I didn't ask you if you want to sleep next to them. I asked, do you care about them? Do you want them in your life? Do you, and maybe if you, you know, you need to think about this to yourself too, because the other person might be thinking this about you. Do you even understand someone else just might care about you too? And someone else might care about you more than you care about you. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. And you might care about someone else more than they care about themselves. So you're going to have to have a, a talk about that and see where your overlap is. You might, you know what, you just might be coming at the same problem from two different directions and what do you know you're actually on the same page 
That's happened to me so many times. And I know that's happened to you too with other people in your life. You're, talk about it. Have a conversation about that. And don't get into blaming and shaming and the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Don't tell someone shoulda, coulda, woulda. Well, you shoulda done this. You coulda done that because I woulda done this if you shoulda, coulda done that. Okay. Yeah. Your mind's going to shut down, right? We all do that. I do that when someone tells me, well, you shoulda done this. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I've already been to first grade and I learned two plus two is four, but I don't understand why you still repeat that class. You know, I kind of moved on. You know, I went to calculus. <laughs> this is a metaphor. Okay. So do you care about the person you want to sleep with? Do you have any kind of regard for their ability to get enough good sleep? Do you have any regard for yourself to get enough good sleep? Do you love that person to the extent that you want them to have and enjoy the fruits of getting enough good sleep? Do you love yourself enough? to the extent that you want yourself to have and enjoy the fruits of getting enough good sleep. Are you conscious and enlightened enough to realize that whatever, whatever myths you're living under that are possibly killing and stealing and destroying someone else's ability to have and enjoy enough good sleep, and also that whatever myths you are living under about sleep in general are also possibly, possibly now, killing, stealing, and destroying your relationship with that other person or your relationship with yourself or both or with other people? Hmm? Are you waking up out of the sleep, pun intended, of wrong beliefs and bad habits to realize that you are either moving towards getting enough good sleep or you are moving away from or moving against getting enough good sleep? Okay. Some more of the benefits of getting enough good sleep are you'll be healthy and happy and you'll be better equipped to become wealthy and wise. Hmm. Do you want to be stupid? All right. More benefits. Your work and career will be better. Your health and wellness will be better. Your love and relationships will be better. <laughs> your friendships and relationships will be more fulfilling and better. They'll be less stressful. Now, how many of you are just a total angel when you haven't gotten enough sleep? Yeah, I'm not. You want to see an A-list, world-class demon? Come see me when I don't get enough sleep or when I don't get any sleep. Okay? Yeah. So stop condemning somebody else when they don't get enough good sleep and then wondering why, you know, they they have trouble uh, being nice. Mm. <laughs> you have no idea what they're going through. They have no idea what you're going through. All the more reason to communicate, right? So... You have no idea what they're going through, especially if they've been trying wrongly to actually get enough good sleep while you're snoring away, dancing up a storm under the sheets by moving your legs under too many or not enough covers, hogging 95% of the mattress in a room that's too hot or too cold or too dry or too wet, or you're rolling around the potato chip crumbs that you ate in bed or the pizza droppings you spilled all over the bed sheets while you pass gas all night long and the other person is sound asleep and you're, there's just, you know, the other person's ready to kill you. All right. So you get the idea. I've made my point. What's another benefit of enough good sleep? Your sex life will improve and be better. And who doesn't want that? Use your imagination. Moving on. <laughs> Number eight, your own happiness and the happiness of that person who sleeps next to you will improve. And maybe if you both get a revelation on this sleeping thing and you end up realizing that sleeping in separate beds and maybe in separate bedrooms is actually a really good godly thing to do, 
maybe that's what will allow your relationship to move forward and last. And then you'll both be happier than you ever imagined. I'm going to use a graphic example for just a moment. <laughs> Do you both share the same toilet at the same time you're going number two? Yeah. Don't you use separate toilets and privately? You think about that. <laughs> it's a function of the body. Sleep is a function of the body. Get a revelation, please. Thank you. I'm asking you nicely because sleep is that important to you, to God, to your body temple. Hmm? Number nine, benefit of getting enough good sleep. Your outlook on life will vastly improve. You'll start having and enjoying your life in abundance because good sleep is abundance. Hello. Number 10, you'll have a better spiritual life. God rewards you when you live according to the will of God. And one of the wills of God is that you get enough sleep so you can be awake enough to hear the small voice within and not the loud voice of the TV or the social media, the Facebook, the magazines, the radio, the bill collectors, your job and all that civilization stuff of the man-made world. Hello, revelation time. Aha. Bing, bing, bing. Mm-hmm. How much... Are you hooked in to the world in front of your eyes when you should be sleeping at the time when you should be sleeping? You know, we've made society and civilization according to the ego and not according to God. Do you know that? The government or the private sector can't do your sleep for you. The Pentagon, the Department of Defense, and all your guns and ammunition cannot give you or deliver to you Enough good sleep. The only way that sleep can give you and deliver you sleep. So wake up, people, pun intended. You need to wake up so you can sleep. <laughs> okay, number 11. The world we live in will vastly improve when more and more people start getting enough good sleep. It's not the only thing that we need to do, but it's a really good place to start. The economy would be totally different Think about how, think about this. How much stuff do you pay attention to that you paid for with your, not just your money, your time, your effort, your energy, attention, your money, and your life that you spent, uh, you spend those things on products, services, and activities, right? And how much of those things are you involved with in the hour before you go to bed leading up to the moment when you fall asleep? Think about that. And none of those things, when used to keep you awake, are doing you any good if they are moving you away from or moving you against getting enough good sleep. Think about it. Your life and everyone else's life will improve when we all start getting enough good sleep and when our body wants it and not when someone else or some company or some TV show, or some text, or whatever it is outside of your temple wants you to pay attention to it rather than getting enough good sleep. So aren't you, here's the bottom line, aren't you tired of being tired? Do you honestly think you were born to be tired? Do you honestly think you were born to always put off sleep no matter what? or to delay sleep no matter what, or to be distracted during sleep no matter what, or to have someone or something come and kill, steal, and destroy your God-given right to get good enough sleep. 
do you honestly think you were born to be tired and worn down and worn out and all things negative in terms of the kind of thoughts, feelings, perceptions, beliefs, and behaviors you have? No. So I want you to take this sleep thing very seriously because getting enough good sleep is part of the foundation you must have if you're serious about living a godly life and having and enjoying the fruits of the Spirit and then being able to be willing to share those fruits of the Spirit with someone else and actually share those fruits of the Spirit with someone else and other people. Because only when we are doing that are we actually literally in a relationship with someone else or other people. Not getting enough good sleep is a form of violence. Not getting enough good sleep is a form of violence. It's sabotage. Being in a relationship with someone else or other people demands that we be conscious, not unconscious. And being conscious means we have to be awake in a vibrant way. And being awake in a vibrant way, in a godly way, means we must get enough sleep. Now, finally, I'm going to close with Proverbs 3, because I love the way this puts everything I've been saying in this message into perspective, okay? So this is a little uh, long, but uh, I think God knows you can handle it, right? So don't fall asleep now while I'm saying this. And if you think you're going to fall asleep, then take a nap and come back and hear this again. Proverbs 3, here we go. My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, and continuing through old, old age till death, these shall they add to you. Let not mercy and kindness, and the shutting out of all hatred and selfishness, and truth shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood, forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the tablet of your heart. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, God, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. My son, do not despise or shrink from the chastening of the Lord, his correction by punishment or by subjection to suffering or trial. Neither be weary or impatient about, or loathe, or abhor his reproof, God's reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Happy, being blessed and fortunate and enviable, is the man who finds skillful and godly wisdom, and the man who gets understanding, drawing it forth from God's word and life's experiences. For the gaining of it is better than the gaining of silver, and the profit of it better than fine gold. Skillful and godly wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you can wish for is to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are highways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold on her, and happy, blessed, fortunate to be envied is everyone who holds her fast." 
The Lord, by skillful and godly wisdom, has founded the earth. By understanding, he has established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies distilled the dew. My son, let them not escape from your sight, but keep sound and godly wisdom and discretion. And they will be life to your inner self and a gracious ornament to your neck, your outer self. Then you will walk in your way securely and in confident trust, and you shall not dash your foot or stumble. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. When you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yes, you shall lie down, and your sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic, nor the stormy blast, or the storm and ruin of the wicked when it comes for you, because you will be guiltless. For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. Withhold not good from those to whom it is due, its rightful owners, when it is in the power of your hand to do that. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give it, when you already have it with you. Do not contrive or dig up or cultivate evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly and confidently beside you. Contend not with a man for no reason, when he has done you no wrong. Do not resentfully envy and be jealous of an unscrupulous grasping man and choose none of his ways. For the perverse are an abomination, extremely disgusting and detestable to the Lord. But his confidential communion, confidential communion and secret counsel are with the uncompromisingly righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. The curse of the Lord is in and on the house of the wicked. But he declares blessed, joyful and favored with blessings, the home of the just and consistently righteous. Though he scoffs at the scoffers and scorns the scorners, yet he gives his undeserved favor to the low in rank, the humble and the afflicted. The wise shall inherit glory, all honor and good, but shame is the highest rank conferred on self-confident fools. Thank you very much. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org, where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more, just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries.